Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We want our heaven on earth, which is why we live for the things of earth. And to me, this explains why it is that Christians who don't live their lives in light of heaven don't long for heaven. If I'm living in light of eternity, then I'm going to long for eternity. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. God doesn't call us to love Him half-heartedly. Our focus should be on the Lord and not on earthly things. We should be good stewards of the things that God has blessed us with. But it's important to remember those things will soon fade away. In today's message, Pastor J.D. expands on Paul's teaching in Philippians and how you can apply it to your life today. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The apostles themselves who set on foot the conversion of the Roman Empire, the great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. That explains a lot, doesn't it? And then he says this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Vance Habner said it this way. If you are a Christian, you are not a citizen of this world trying to get to heaven. You are a citizen of heaven making your way through this world. Lord, help me to. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of this one principle. When I say that this explains a lot of the ineffectiveness in the church today, it is my belief that it is due in large measure to the fact, sadly, the sad fact, that Christians are too earthly minded and not heavenly minded. They don't have their eyes on the prize. They don't see themselves as citizens of heaven. If I'm a Christian, then I'm also a citizen of heaven. And if I'm a citizen of heaven, it will be evidenced here on earth. 
It's interesting, in the original language, it has the idea of being the language, the word that Paul uses for citizenship. Because you can know where somebody's from, where somebody is a citizen of by the way they talk, the language they speak, even the dialect in which they speak it. It's not just being a citizen of heaven, it's knowing the language of heaven, having the culture of heaven. Oh, you must, you must be from there. I think of Peter when he denied the Lord. You know what gave him away? Was his Galilean dialect. And that third time when this young girl says to him, No, you, I saw you with, and you speak like him. Oh, would to God that it would be said of us. You were with the Lord. You speak like Him. You act like Him. You are like Him. If I'm a citizen of heaven, and I know it, then my life on earth will show it. You'll forgive me for borrowing that Sunday school song. I think we need to be careful when we sing songs and worship the Lord to really search our hearts and make sure that there's no duplicity or hypocrisy. I think of that one song, I will give you all my worship. Is that true? <laughs> Do I give the Lord all my worship or is it half-hearted? I think that's the problem. The problem is, we want our heaven on earth, which is why we live for the things of earth. And to me, this explains why it is that Christians who don't live their lives in light of heaven, don't long for heaven. If I'm living in light of eternity, then I'm going to long for eternity. And conversely, if I'm living my life for this world and the things of this world, heaven is in distant view, if at all. Simply put, our mind and our heart can be fixed on earth, because earth is where our treasure is. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, Jesus, in that famous Sermon on the Mount, said in verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's why, and I want you to listen very carefully to verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice he doesn't say it the other way around. Where your heart is, there will your treasure be now. Wherever the investment of our treasure is, that is where our heart 
will be. So if I'm laying up for myself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust and the government and the IRS, uh, sorry, cannot break in and steal, my treasures in heaven. And because my treasures in heaven, I long for heaven. My mind is fixed on heavenly things. My heart is there because my treasure is there. Here's a question. Practically speaking, how do we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven? For the answer, we need look no further than to our text where Paul says that the Philippian Christians were his joy, his reward, his crown, his treasure. You know why Paul could say that? Because Paul had invested his time, his treasure, and his talent in God's work, God's people, for God's kingdom in heaven. That's why at the end of his life, when writing to Timothy in his second epistle, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, could say this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me, here it is again, the crown, the one that lasts, not a temporary wreath, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. What do you mean? See it again as the Olympic Games. We are not going to be at the great white throne judgment if we're in Christ. We are going to be at a different judgment. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, where like the panel of judges, Jesus Christ will judge us for how we fought the fight, how we finished the race, how we invested our time and treasure and talent, and then He's going to reward us accordingly. He's the righteous judge. He will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed. I want you to hang on to the word longed for His appearing. Here's why I want us to talk about this word longing. Paul says he longed for them. And here he says he longs for the Lord's return. Isn't it true that we long for that which we love? And we love that which we have invested our lives the love of our lives. That's what Paul's saying. He loves the Lord, and he longs for the Lord's appearing. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, whoa, pastor, I mean, this is kind of heavy, right? So what are you saying? I mean, easy for you to say, because you're a pastor. (laughs) You're in full-time ministry. I don't like that word, full-time ministry. 
I don't believe there's such a thing as full-time ministry. It's lifetime ministry. And here's the other thing, and I, I was just talking to somebody. You know, for many years I was in the business world, and my business was my ministry. And when I sold my company and got into the ministry and entered the pastorate, I no longer was able to speak into the lives of a fellow businessman, because now I was the clergy. It took me a long time. I don't know that I've ever gotten comfortable with the title pastor, because it, it puts up this, this wall of separation. You know, when I'm on an airplane, <laughs> very interesting, you know, because you'll strike up a conversation with the person sitting next to you, and invariably they'll ask the, you know, question of, well, what do you do for a living? <laughs> to which I usually respond, well, I'm a pastor. <laughs> what? I'm a pastor. Oh, <laughs> excuse my French. Listen, pal, that wasn't French, okay? <laughs> but all of a sudden they did, oh, they're now on their best behavior. Be careful what you say. Watch your P's and Q's. Oh, by the way, I finally figured out what P's and Q's means. You know that saying, watch your P's and Q's? It means watch your pints and quarts when you drink. I just know that you're so edified by having that little piece of information. So next time somebody says, watch your P's and Q's, you'll know what they mean. Anyway, back to our sermon already in progress here. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. You, right where you're at, that situation that you're in presently is that position that God has put you in as your occupation to reach those whom God puts in your path. And by the way, you have a greater potential to reach people that I, as a pastor, am unable to reach because I'm a pastor, because I'm the clergy. God has uniquely positioned you. Maybe this is a word for somebody today. Maybe an encouraging word, because you're in a job, in a career, (laughs) in the workplace, where you're thinking to yourself, man, How do you know, like Mordechai to Esther, that God hasn't raised you up for such a time as this, for somebody there? That co-worker. How about that employer? Oh, you're an employer? Oh, interesting. How do you know that that employee was not hired for the purpose of you, as a Christian employer, reaching them, influencing them for Jesus Christ. Here's a thought that the Lord has been ministering to me as of late. By the way, when I say the Lord's been ministering to me something, this is not hyperbole. And I know I say it quite a bit. That's because the Lord has been ministering quite a bit to me. It has to do with this. What I invest or in whom I invest my life here on earth 
in a span of a lifetime, however long that may be, will last for all eternity and never, ever end. So let's just say for purpose of discussion that the Lord tarries, the rapture doesn't happen first, and I live to be, I want to say 75, because that's when my life insurance policy expires. So I was really hoping, and I'm 57 this year, so pray that the Lord comes before that. But let's just say I live to be 75, okay? 75 years. Now let's compare 75 years to infinity, eternity, forever, no measure of time, no measure of time. In other words, what I did in the 75 years that God gave me, I will be rewarded for all eternity. I want you to try and wrap your mind in as much as you're able around this profound truth. Hendrik Willem van Loom in the story of mankind helps us to get our mind around this. He puts eternity in perspective this way. He says, high up in the north, in the land called Svithjad, there stands a rock. It is a hundred miles high, hundred miles, <laughs> and a hundred miles wide. Once every 1,000 years, a thousand years, a little bird comes to this rock to sharpen its beak. When the rock has thus been worn away, then a single day of eternity will have gone by. Hello? So let me see if I got this straight. I, I'm not good at math. I don't think there's going to be math in heaven. <laughs> if there is, it'll be sanctified, and so will I. Seventy-five compared to infinity. How about if it was, just again for purpose of discussion and illustration, what if it was 75 years compared to 1,000 years? Wouldn't it still be worth it then? How much more <laughs> if there's no measurement of time? This is what awaits us for all eternity in heaven which should motivate us while we still have time on earth. That's the point of what Paul is saying. I probably could have said that in a much shorter period of time, but I'll close with this true story that's told of an old missionary couple who for many years ministered in Africa and had returned to New York to retire they had no pension. Their health was broken. They were defeated, discouraged, and afraid. They discovered that they were booked on the same ship as President Teddy Roosevelt, who was returning from one of his big game hunting expeditions. No one paid any attention to them. 
They watched the fanfare that accompanied the president's entourage with passengers trying to catch a glimpse of the great man. As the ship moved across the ocean, the old missionary said to his wife, something is wrong. Why should we have given our lives in faithful service for God in Africa all these many years and have no one care a thing about us? Here's this man, he comes back from a hunting trip and everybody makes much over him, but nobody gives two hoots about us. Dear, you shouldn't feel that way, his wife said, (laughs) as only a wife can. He replied, I can't help it. It just doesn't seem right. When the ship docked in New York, a band was waiting to greet the president. The mayor and other dignitaries were there. The papers were full of the president's arrival. No one noticed This missionary couple, they slipped off the ship and found a cheap flat on the east side, hoping the next day to see what they could do to make a living in the city. That night, the man's spirit broke. He said to his wife, I can't take this. His wife replied, why don't you go in the bedroom and tell that to the Lord? I think she knew my wife, because my wife said said that to me many a time. Short time later, he came out, but now his face was completely different. His wife asked, dear, what happened? The Lord settled it with me. I told him how bitter I was that the president should receive the tremendous homecoming, and no one met us when we returned home. And when I finished, it seemed as though the Lord put His hand on my shoulder and simply said, But you're not home yet. Oh, there's still work to do. Let's occupy until He comes. Let's be found faithful with that which He's entrusted us, investing our time and treasure and talent for the kingdom of heaven. No matter how long the Lord gives you and gives me, it will far outweigh and exceed any present suffering, any sacrifice that we make in this life. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Philippians. We pray the joy of the Lord fills your heart as you move through the rest of your day. We hope you'll take some time to spend with God today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we always encourage you to revisit the scriptural text you heard on today's teaching and to learn for yourself what the Lord is saying through His Word. Know that we're praying for you as you lean into your relationship with God and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor JD while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor JD updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies in the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in the Bible. You can view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind.